0: Good, good. Ready for some word? Yeah. Let's do it. If you have a Bible with you, your Bible apps on your phone, go with me to the book of Acts, chapter 11. Acts, chapter 11. I want to read a couple of passages uh, and then I will elaborate and tell you where we're going from there. Acts, chapter 11. Notice with me in verse 22, 11 22, It reads, the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and he had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. Everybody say, they should continue with the Lord. And then Acts 14, Acts chapter 14 notice in this chapter in verse 21 it reads and when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples they returned to Lystra Iconium and Antioch strengthening the souls of the disciples exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God now there are so many subjects that I could teach. So many people in a position like mine that we're constantly seeking the Lord and asking, "What subject should I teach? What revelation? What truth should I bring at this time and at this in this in, in this uh, you know atmosphere and that will help people to?" You know, fulfill your plan for their life to overcome in life and so forth many many different subjects are, are valid, are necessary, we could talk about faith, we could talk about love we could talk about authority that sounds familiar uh, we, we could talk about winning the world, evangelism we, we, we could speak about worship we could speak about so many different subjects, they're all necessary they're all needed um, uh, but when I know that and I know what I know And then I look at these guys, I'm talking the ones that's referencing Paul and and Barnabas. Uh, When I read what they did, and first of all, I know how much they knew, especially Paul. I mean, the guy brought the major revelation of the new covenant to the church that we're still studying today. I knew what they knew. And then I see what they did on occasion. In In this situation, they took time to encourage these believers in these different places to continue with the Lord or continue in the faith that's what they went to do uh, it doesn't say that they went there to bring them a new revelation it doesn't say they went there to expound on deep mysteries of God they went there at this time and they encouraged them why would they take the time to travel there at their own expense and time and energy and sometimes danger and travel why would they take the time to go there and their, their, their main task is to encourage them to continue well the very fact that it happened shows me that there had to have been a possibility that they were going to not continue that some of them maybe would backslide or throw in the towel they would give up the the ground that they had taken yeah if that weren't the case you wouldn't take the time you wouldn't bother encouraging them to keep going at great effort at great expense their message is keep going their message is be strong keep your chin up come on believe God what don't you have a word for us Paul yeah yeah continue. Yeah, but Paul, you've been to heaven and back. What revelation can you bring to help our church, to help our lives? Keep going. You can do this. Yeah. They went to encourage them to exhort them along these lines. Amen. Do you ever, do you know anyone who's ever started and started strong and started well and didn't finish? I mean, they had a real good start, doing a good thing. And then later, maybe you saw them, you ran into them, hey, how's that going? How you doing? And they're, they've totally given up that good endeavor that they put their hand to. Maybe it was their whole relationship with God. They used to be full of fire. They used to be full of faith. They used to be, you know, full of zeal. And then when you saw them again, they were very dispassionate about the things of God, maybe very disconnected from some of the things of God. In like, what happened? Well, they didn't continue. They didn't keep on. And maybe that's happened to you. Maybe it's happened in the past and you, you're, you're back. <laughs> Praise God if that's the case. Or maybe you're still, you know, not where you used to be. Um, This is interesting that they they made these trips and the focus of their ministry was to encourage them to continue. What could make the difference in some people staying in the game and finishing their race and them not? Apparently, one of the key components is encouragement. We sometimes will gravitate again towards revelation of truth because the truth will make you free. And no doubt that is one of the needed elements. But sometimes we neglect to recognize, sometimes people know the truth, they've received the information, but their fuel tank is empty. But they lack the strength to walk it out. And what they need is not another revelation, but what they need is some encouragement. And so I want to teach you how to overcome discouragement. I think this is one of, the, uh, one of the very needed and necessary components to us living in victory and overcoming in life. You know, if you're in a race, a, a foot race, you know, you're running a race and, and, and you lose strength, what are you going to do? I mean, you're running, maybe a long distance race. You're running and you lose strength. You no longer have strength to run. What will you do? You'll stop. That wasn't really a trick question. I don't know. What would I do? If you can't run any longer, you will stop running. Does that mean you're a bad person? No, it just means you're out of gas. You lack the strength to continue. What What does that person need to do? They need to repent, don't they? No, they don't need to repent. They just need to regain strength to continue on. I know sometimes... Uh, And this might sound super simple, but it's very important. Uh, Sometimes we get there with a challenge, with a battle. They mentioned in in Acts 14 about tribulations that that come. They were obviously battling some things. And sometimes we think the only thing that is necessary is a, a solution. Sometimes... Husbands, have you ever had that where your wife shares with you a struggle and you immediately go into solving mode. That's logical, isn't it? That's what's needed. Not always is that what they're is what your wife is looking for. It can happen the other way around, but probably more common that way. Not always are they looking for you to solve their problem but just to hear them out, right? or just to be there with them and understand what's happening. Not every time is our answer what we think it is. Sometimes it's just we require strength to continue on, okay? They use the word here, again, in Acts 14, verse 22. It says they went to these cities, strengthening the souls of the disciples. You know what one problem is that we all have to overcome? Is weakness of soul. You're not necessarily physically weak, although it can bleed over. Uh, you're, you're not spiritually weak, you're soulically weak, if that's a word. Not socially, but soulically weak. You're, your soul is depleted. Your soul needs an infusion of strength. Your soul needs encouraged and that is that infusion of strength. Again, they didn't need physical help, and many times that's not what we need. Or maybe you get physical help, but your soul is still uh, in a weakened state. So if we recognize this is one of the components of our our long-term stickiness, our long-term ability to fulfill and finish our race, then we see uh, that that's what we need. Our soul needs strength. Have you ever felt discouraged? Has anybody, can anybody in here relate? I mean, I have. Have you ever felt discouraged? When you were in that condition, what, what did you want to do? I mean, what, what were some of the decisions that you, that you were facing? And what, how, how did you respond to life? What were some of the thoughts you had while being in that state of mind? One of them was probably giving up. What, you know, maybe not giving up completely on life, but giving up in some areas you wanted to throw in the towel. Uh, uh, maybe it was just skipping some important activities, some things that you normally do that were worthy. You're just not going to do them at that point. Why? I just don't. I just don't have it in me. Maybe it was just, I mean, not eternal issues, but maybe you skip, started skipping your workouts. Why? It's not like you physically didn't have the ability. I'm assuming you work out if you don't. That's not what I'm teaching here today. (laughs) I never work out. Am I discouraged? I don't know. (laughs) But if you do, you know, sometimes you don't go because you're just not there up here. Um, Or other important, people skip church. Not necessarily because they don't have any love for God or they're rejecting the Lord, but their souls have become weak and they just can't. Get themselves up and out and doing the things that are important to them, um, and so they miss. Sometimes they they miss work or put off a project, or you know uh, other things. You know, sometimes they're more they're more important. People will will quit school. They will break off a relationship. Sometimes they'll drink their sorrow away, and they turn to other sources of replenishing their their strength which are false faulty replenishings and they don't they don't work but they'll do these things how how many know we should never make major decisions while in a place of of discouragement if you're feeling low if you're feeling discouraged don't do anything permanent amen don't quit things don't break up things you don't even want to get a tattoo at that point I just, I just think this is what's going to make me happy. Oh Lord! (laughs) It's totally not. And you might not. In two weeks, you might not. You totally might not want it anymore. You know what I'm talking about? Don't do things permanent while you're discouraged. Don't make big decisions in that state. So, as much as we need to learn kingdom principles, we certainly do. We also need encouragement to believe that we can continue in faith and overcome in this life. If you've ever heard of, imagine many have, of the financial guy that's on the radio, uh, Dave Ramsey. Many of you have heard him. He helps people make good financial decisions. And uh, one of the things that I've heard him, and I read his book many years ago, uh, one of the things that I've heard him talk about in regards to getting out of debt goes against the math and he has a reason he knows it does and uh and he has a reason for doing it in other words if someone has you know five debts this credit card maybe multiple credit cards some other things uh, and let's say the you know you have one credit card and it has ten thousand dollars in debt and it has a high interest rate on that card and you have another one that has a thousand dollars of of debt and it has a low interest rate on that card. If you punch that up on the calculator, how many know which one you're supposed to pay off first? The high interest rates, right? Those are costing you more. But his, his recommendation is not to pay off the big one first, but to pay off the small one first. And, you know, some math people give him flack for that uh, because, hey, this is smarter. This is the way to do it. But the reason he, he does it that way is because... He knows people, and he's dealing with the psychology of individuals as opposed to just the hard numbers. What do you mean by that? People need to succeed. They need to make progress. They need to have, they need to feel the victory. And it's gonna take me a while to pay off the $10,000, but I can do the $1,000 in a relatively short period of time, even though it's lower interest rate. I sure feel good about that. What what, what do you mean? I'm encouraged by results, I am encouraged by progress. Everybody with me today? Okay. I think that that principle works in our favor in a lot of areas. You have big challenges big things before you, maybe some big changes to make. Okay, I get that. Do you have any small ones? Do you have a a, a series of small things uh, that need to change or need to be finished or need to be accomplished? You might want to tackle a couple of those first. Get some victories under your belt. Get some wins in your column. And then, yeah, you still have the bigger ones, but you're stronger now to deal with that. Stronger where? Right up here. You're stronger in the soul. You're stronger in your, in your mind and in your emotions. So what small thing could you accomplish and feel really good about? Praise God. Now, a couple verses later in the book of Acts, actually in the 15th chapter, it, it reads this way in verse 32. Now, Judas and Silas, themselves being prophets also, exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. So they're not winning the lost. They're not preaching the gospel to lost people. These guys are uh, uh, strengthening the brethren. That includes the sister in, right? They're strengthening them. How are they doing that? With many words. With many words. Do you know words are able to carry strength? When someone is weak, they have a, when they are, are, are weak in their soul... Words carry strength to change their life. Yeah, I just need help. We think physical help. We think spiritual help. You need words. It is spiritual, but you need words that will change your thinking. Words that will inspire hope for a better tomorrow. They they shared with them words that strengthen their soul. And this is interesting to me because it says these guys themselves... Being prophets, also prophets, so we think prophet okay, they're going to speak the word of the Lord, they're going to tell you things to come, they're going to operate in revelation gifts. At you might think, well, the, the pastor they would encourage, the teacher might encourage, the prophet they're there to set people straight, they're there to bring some rebuke and some correction. Well, these prophets, what they did is they encouraged people, in other words. God himself inspired them, he gave them words to speak, and what was the intent of those words? To inspire strength, to encourage people. If you say, yeah, I'm more prophetic, and you use that excuse to be rude to people. (laughs) I'm more prophetic, and you're kind of just blunt, and you get in people's face, and you just kind of tell people, I just need to tell people like it is, I'm kind of a black and white person, and, and that's the way God uses Well these prophets were encouraging prophets. Maybe we ought to take a a lead from that. Maybe you're more pathetic than prophetic. (laughs) I didn't know that would generate such a response. (laughs) But the, the Scriptures teach us about prophecy in 1 Corinthians 14, where it says, you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. All may learn and all may be encouraged. What's one of the reasons for prophecy? To encourage people. Say, I think the Lord uses me to to prophesy to people. I'm for it. I'm for it. You know, judge everything. Hold fast to what is good. But if your prophecies are not encouraging people, it's probably not the right spirit. This is one of the reasons the Lord gives us these gifts. I I remember uh, sometime in the first few years when I started in full-time ministry. Uh, I was working with teenagers, and there was a point, well, there's probably several points, but <laughs> at one point in particular, I no doubt was feeling discouraged. And I was feeling discouraged about the slowness of the results. I'm working hard, not speaking to a whole lot of people, and trying to grow the thing, and, and reach more people, and just, Lord, this has taken forever. You know, you, get, you got a fire in your belly. You want to reach the world. And, you know, you're looking at what Reinhard Bonnke's doing in Africa. And then you're looking at what you're doing, feeling pretty <laughs> insignificant. And uh, uh, anyway, I, I was on the phone one day uh, with one of my, my my leaders, my adult leaders, volunteers that was helping me in the ministry. and uh, And I don't know if she heard something I said or saw it in my demeanor before, or she was just smart enough to know what leaders go through. But she just started saying, saying to me, you know, this thing's going to grow and I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe God with you. And we are going to see this thing thrive and see this thing grow. And she spoke with such conviction. She believed what she was saying and my soul was strengthened. I doubt this person today would have any remembrance of that conversation. It was so long ago. It might have seemed somewhat insignificant to her. But it was very significant to me. And it wasn't her giving me a strategy. Hey, if we do this, this, and this, we can turn this thing around and go farther, faster. And uh, no, it was just her faith inspired me. And the fact that I wasn't in it alone and someone was going to believe with me, how I many know we all need that? Uh, and we can be that to other people. Sometimes we see people with problems. We say, I don't even know what they should do. I don't know their answer. One of the answers they need is not necessarily a revelation, but a coming alongside. And you saying, you know, I'm going to help you through this. I'm going to be there for you. We're going to walk through this together. We are going to overcome. We are going to see God move. You're go- I may not know how or when, but I tell you, I'm going to believe God with you. Sometimes that, that just that encouragement can take a person from a place of ready to quit, ready to throw in the towel to, we can do this. Yeah, I think we can do this. And there's a strength that comes through these words. Praise God. You know, the, 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 the scriptures actually speak in Romans chapter 12 of certain individuals who have an added grace or gift in relationship to Uh, exhortation which is the same Greek word as encouragement some of you have an extra special gifting in this area some of you already recognize that it's there because you do this naturally you're very good at it you don't understand why other people aren't aren't doing it like you do but I want to tell you if you have that if you naturally gravitate toward or you can see opportunities you find yourselves not picking everyone apart but building them up, strengthening them, finding uh, the bright, uh, in, you know, the light and the darkness, use your gift. Would you? Get that gift out and use it a lot. Why? Because one of the things we need is not just teaching. It's strength. And those things don't have to happen. They can from a, from a pulpit. They can happen in a mass gathering. But so many times they work one-on-one. Use your gift. Go use it on people. <laughs> uh, several years ago, I was, I was ministering in one of our services like this, and there was some visiting pastors that were there. And, and uh, the, the pastor's wife, they came up and greeted me after the service. And, and she was just, you know, way over the top, just happy and telling me how wonderful it was and how good it was. And, and, uh, and I just looked at her. I, I said, you're really an encourager, aren't you? And she kind of grinned and like, she knew that that's one of her things. And I recognized that she was doing that on me. She was using her gift on me. So say, did it come, was it, did it come across fake then? It didn't. It worked on me. Yeah, she knew she was what she was doing intentionally. It, she wasn't, it didn't come across insincere or like flattery, but she knew that's what I do. That's how God uses me to encourage people. I recognized the gift working. It worked towards me. It worked in me. She was fulfilled in using her gift. I thought this is a win-win-win here. Yeah. yeah, all around, we're all, we all feel better. Because of revelation? No, an encouraging word. A word that strengthened the soul. Now, what some people do, maybe with extra grace or more natural bent, all of us can do and should do in various ways. We can be… This house could be a house of encouragement, a place where people come in at a certain level of strength and vitality, and when they leave, whether it was because of a great worship or great message, that's still a component But someone spoke to them. Someone said something to them. And they went out stronger than when they came in. Do you think that's the way church ought to be? I think church ought to be we leave stronger than we came. And that's not all a result of a direct revelation from God. It's because of people. So I want to encourage you to sow encouragement. If you need it yourself, you're saying, I need this myself. I hear you. I hear you. in, In Acts, when they experienced their... Their word of encouraging them to continue, I noticed right away that Paul and Barnabas didn't go and correct them for their lack of strength. He didn't go in there saying, you, you guys just need to suck it up. You just need to get your act together and stop being discouraged. What are you thinking about quitting? Ch-ch-ch. No, the solution to their weakness was to add strength, not to be rebuked for their weakness. And so when it comes to us, if you're feeling weak, you know, we understand. I think all of us really do understand we've been there. And so we want to infuse people with strength. And if you'll sow this encouragement when you need it, and you will, you'll you'll reap it. Other people will be there for you. And so if possible, I I want to recommend that you surround yourself with positive people. Say, will there be, ever be times when I need to separate from some individuals? Yes. You know those people. They're negative all the time. You get around them, they suck the life out of you. There's sometimes you just need to stay away from them because it's going to hurt. Can we intentionally surround ourselves with people that are positive, that are uplifting? I think that's wisdom to do that. Amen. now I might want to get around the negative person to help them, encourage them. But surround yourself with positive people. Paul wrote something in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 that is very interesting to me. Look at what he said in verse 6. Nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. Who did that? God did that. How did God comfort them? By sending Titus. Not, we were feeling discouraged and we were kinda losing strength and the Lord just came down on us in a cloud and the glory of the Lord filled the house. Now, no doubt, we want that, I want that. But that's not how the Lord ministered to them. He sent Titus to them and they didn't say, Oh, and Titus came just in the nick of time. Thank you, Titus. You're an awesome guy. No, he said God did this. We were in need of strength and comfort. God sent Titus to us. Sometimes we might just dismiss that kind of thing and think, I don't know if that's just natural and Titus is a good guy. No, it's God. God sent Titus. And sometimes if we'll recognize this is the working of the Lord, when we need strength, when we need encouragement, and a person, a friend comes into our lives to say some positive things, you should recognize this is a God-level appointment right here. This is him arranging my ability to overcome and continue in life. Sometimes our answer is Titus. Yeah, yeah. You need Titus. And so what else? Sometimes we need to be Titus. And you have it on your heart to talk to a person. Or you see someone and they just kind of stand out to you today. Or, or later you're prompted to give someone a call or send them a text. And you think, yeah, I'm just, th- just thinking about them. Don't dismiss the possibility that God is sending Titus to them. So I don't even know what to say. Don't worry about it. Just be a friend. And just be encouraging. Just be positive. How you doing? And if they have a great need, believe with them. Stand with them. Speak, speak words of life and not death. Yeah, encourage them. Your presence sometimes makes all the difference in the world, even if you don't know what to say. You've all been around people who've lost a loved one. And how many know in those situations, one of the most difficult things sometimes is, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say to them. It's just, what do you say? And how many know that's, not, not, that's often not what they need? What do they need? Just you to be there. Just your presence. They have a friend. They have someone there that's with them. We can be Titus to other people. And this is a direct act of God. Praise God. Now, I, don't want, I want to encourage you not to demand these things of your friends. I need encouragement, you better get over here. (laughs) Don't don't put your, your trust in people. Don't put your expectation and demand on people where you're pulling keep your faith in God. Even when Titus shows up, thank you, Lord, for Titus. You're still trusting in the Lord to be your strength to be the source of your, of your strength and, and, and this encouragement. And uh, if you need to share, your, share a problem with a friend, that is totally acceptable, not with everybody. Share your problem with a friend. But while doing that, still look to the Lord as your source because he's the one who sends the right people at the right time. And the end result is we keep running. We keep our, ourselves in the game. Listen to these two verses. Hebrews 3 and verse 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. How often should we exhort one another? Daily. And these these words exhort, same words translated strengthen, comfort in different passages. Exhort one another. Do it daily. Why? If we don't, they become hardened. They become deceived by sin. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You understand the assembling of ourselves together, that's this, at least one version of it, that's this. What are we supposed to do in this context? Exhort one another. That's that, those, those are those strengthening, encouraging words. It's not limited to the preacher doing the exhorting, although that happens. But he said, exhort one another. Get together, build each other up. Amen. Not go correct everyone. Not look for people's problems. Find someone. And just ask, Lord, show me something good about this person or their life or their future or something. Help me to, again, some of you are going to do this naturally and others are going to seek the Lord. (laughs) Find me something that will infuse strength into the soul of the people around me. So that they'll want to serve you more. They will stand in faith longer. Some people have been believing God and standing for things and they haven't seen anything happen yet. They're like, what in the world? Why is this taking so long? And they're close to throwing in the towel and giving up and saying, I just can't get it to work until you come along and say, you know what? I'm believing with you. You are going to see this. You are going to, you're going to see this healing. You're going to see this answer to prayer. You're going to see this victory. The Lord is working right for you right now. And I don't mean just fill it with words that have no backing, but pray about it. Be solid, be confident and say words that mean something to you. And it will help to carry them through. Praise God. So today, if you could have a couple takeaways, some things I've said, some things that I want you to remember, and then I'm going to come back next week and, and say some more things I believe the Lord will, wants to say to you in regards to this subject, is understand that strength comes through words. What kind of strength? Strength for the soul you're listening, you're looking for words from God that come from Him, come through other people, come through His Word. Words change your outlook, change your perspective. They bring strength. Secondly, small victories lead to bigger victories. If you can't overcome everything in the moment and just knock out every trial and problem in an instant, is there something you could accomplish today? something that could get you some momentum and get you encouraged because you're, you're taking steps, you're making progress. Do something today that'll keep you going the right direction. And then number three, keep company with positive people. This is one place to do it, but keep company with positive people, those who are gonna encourage you, those who will be the tightest in your life. Amen. Amen. And while you're doing it, be these things to others. Praise God. Amen. Father, we're so thankful today for what you're doing. We're so thankful for the Holy Spirit in our lives today, working in us, working to us, working through us. We thank you that you, (laughs) always have an answer. You always have a solution. We thank you that you have painted us, for us, a picture of a better tomorrow, of a brighter day. So that when the enemy comes to try to distract and dissuade and discourage your people, there is a word from you. There is a word from you, maybe through others, that will come to reinvigorate and strengthen our our soul and give us the strength to continue on in the faith and press on towards the high calling of God in Christ. We thank you for working towards us, working in us, and working through us. We believe today... It's getting brighter. The path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. Thank you for showing us the way. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' wonderful name, we thank you.